The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Real Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay in conjunction with iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Media. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. to an attorney prior to and during any question. You can't afford one to court appoint one for you. You understand your rights? Your crime spree was over, son. Yeah, you thought you had it licked. But Detective Overton made you should have turned to shit. <laughs> This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that are of a sexual nature. It should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or from some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes are the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My description of the crime scenes are what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And this week, y'all, I'm going to be telling a little bit of different of a story, give us a little bit of a break from the murders and the robberies, et cetera. But it's a pretty important story, and I have a, a bunch of them that I could tell. So I'm going to try to fit at least two of them in. We'll see how the time goes. But I'm going to name the title of this episode Ammonia, okay? Stay tuned at the end of the show for some announcements and all that good podcaster stuff I'm supposed to say. So, you know, I'm rolling unscripted, so just bear with me. I'm going to bounce around a lot. But back in the early 2000s, the meth epidemic was reaching an all-time high. And back then, meth had progressed from like the old biker meth where they used red phosphorus to cook to now the big thing was anhydrous ammonia. And y'all, when they say cook, you're cooking meth, there's no actual fire to it. It's all a chemical process, a chemical reaction that makes the dope, right? But going from the red phosphorus method to anhydrous ammonia, I mean, it, it took from like a, a day or two to make the meth to they can make it in a matter of hours. And the key ingredient, look, that allowed them to do that was anhydrous ammonia. Now, anhydrous ammonia, it was used by farmers in, you know, to fertilize their crops and shit like that, right? It's, you know, it's, it is in a gaseous state when it's 
unstable. It's brought in in big tankers, okay, and it's stored in big tankers, and then the farmers would come pump the then hydrous into tankers, and they would take on their field, and they would spray it out. But it's some bad shit, okay? If not handled correctly, it's volatile, and it will burn the shit out of you. And when I say burn, I mean like bad burn. But it's not like a fire burn, okay? It's the exact opposite. Where fire like tears your skin and all that, then hydrous ammonium is a chemical freeze, and it, 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 but it does burn into your skin and your eyes and your lungs. But unlike a fire, which sears the flesh, the ammonia consumes up to six times its own weight and moisture from any body tissue available. And the only treatment is a shit ton of water, y'all. Now think about that. You get this stuff on you, it sucks every bit of water out of whatever part of your body it touches in, in the gaseous state or the, the liquid part if you spill it on you. So it's bad shit, okay? And if you get a chance, go look up and hide some ammonia burns. <laughs> It's not good. You don't want it on you. Uh, unfortunately, I've been in it. I was doing meth labs before I really realized what it was. And every time I went into it or or when it was in a gaseous state, and you could smell it, just, you know, you know what ammonia smells like, right? Cat piss or whatever. But this is like bad. And every time I was involved in it, I always got pneumonia like days afterwards. And I didn't know why at the time, but... Anyway, back to the story. I was working uh, criminal patrol one night, and I got a call from dispatch. It said, 361, you have a signal 20, uh, and you need to get there. That It's going to be some anhydrous burns on the victims. I'm like, all right. And it was on 43 South, y'all, south of Albany. And so I'm rolling code. It's late at night. It, it was dark. It was a cold, cold night. I remember that winter time. It's probably three o'clock in the morning. And again, at that time of the night, there's nobody out except for the cops and the bad guys. So I roll up on the scene and I put my spotlight. I could see a, a vehicle in the ditch, kind of like it was kind of a steep ditch on the hillside. It was. Like the vehicle left the roadway and hit the ditch and then jammed up in an upwards position. Obviously, it was stuck and the doors were open on it. But that wasn't what was weird. I put my spotlight on it and I was calling 361 to 97 on the scene. And I put my spotlight on it and I could see a white female and she, she was crying and, and carrying on. But I could also see a white male. The thing about the white male was he had his pants down around his ankles and he was naked. I could see his penis. I could see his genitalia. Um, I mean, he, they weren't 15 feet from me and he came running towards the car and I bail out on him. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, stop right there. I mean, he's got his dick hanging out, right? But the problem was the dick didn't look like a dick. It looked like... Uh, cherry red <laughs> candy cane. I don't know how you describe it. It was burnt, okay? But he also, on on part of his face, was real, real, real red, or almost a purple color, but it, it looked like bad bruising, y'all. But as soon as I got out of the car and he's coming towards me, I'm like, no, 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 stop, stop right there. I could smell the ammonia, okay? And he's, he's cr screaming, he's crying. He's like, get me to the hospital, get me to the hospital. So... I called, I said, 259, you got Acadian on the way, the ambulance company, y'all. And they said, yeah, they're en route. And the guy's screaming, and I'm like, what happened, dude? What happened? And, he's, and he was like, oh, no, I just need to get to the hospital. I need to get to the hospital. I said, I said well, listen, you obviously yeah, have ammonia burns on you. He's like, I'm burned up. That's fucking right. I'm burned up. You can get me to the hospital. And it wasn't long, and the girl was crying, too. She had some burns on her, but, you know, they had on heavy, thick clothing. I mean, it was cold as shit, right? Like, in the 20s, probably. And But this guy had his pants down, and, and I'm looking at his junk, and he's all burnt up. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? 
in in but he's crying he's carrying on and i i got his name we'll call him jace and i and i said dude tell me what happened and i said just sit down yeah i know it's cold but sit down and and quit panicking and you know don't come any nearer to me and y'all you know, again i could I, i'm smelling the strong stench of ammonia i, I said uh just sit down and, and the ambulance is coming tell me what happened. He was like, oh, just give me to the hospital. Give me to the hospital. Well, the ambulance shows up and they, you know, they start talking to him and and, and he said, yeah, I got burned. I got burned. And, but he really wouldn't say that much more. And the girl was burnt on her face. Again, she had on long clothes. I think it, she had some on her hands too, but she had, she had on long clothes and like boots or whatever. And he had his pants still down around his ankle, his genitalia exposed, his balls. And, and now look, I saw his ass too, and his ass was okay, but the front was like burnt, burnt, and his face was you know had some on. I guess it would have been his right hand side, and then like one of his eyes was kind of closed. And so long story short, the ambulance gets there and they take him to North Oaks Hospital and I have to work the crash site now. And so I actually, I called a trooper. The, the state police would work, the troopers would work any crashes or uh, vehicle accidents on state highways. So I called for the troop also. But meanwhile, once they got those two in route to the hospital, I went down, kind of hold my breath, looking around, and I thought about, you know what, I should search the car for dope. I know it's meth-related, right? But then I'm thinking, mm, I'm sure they threw the dope, what have you. But what I did see on the passenger side of the vehicle uh, on the ground was like a Coleman you know, like one of those water jugs with the round top, a smaller one, like a not a thermos size, but a little bit bigger than that. And it was on the ground. It was open. And I'm guessing that's where the ammonia had come from because, strong, I mean, it was just bad. And I hadn't had any official training at this point about ammonia and all that. And I'm breathing. I'm covering my mouth. I'm just trying to get a look around and, and take a couple pictures. So Troop came in. I told him, yeah, what we have. I said, look, I'm going to go to the hospital and talk to these guys and, or this guy and girl and see if I can, can't get some information out of them as to what they were doing, right? Now, back then, anhydrous ammonia was worth more than gold. It was, you, you had to have it to do this quick meth cook. And what people would do is they would go to where these tanks were stored and they would steal anhydrous, they would put it, dumbasses would put it in containers like this igloo thing and then they would take that and they would trade it to the, to the meth cooks for meth okay so i mean i i was aware of that that was going on because we had one tank in holden louisiana by the railroad tracks it was a fenced-in tank yard like we're Trains would stop and unload the hydrous ammonia in the tanks and whatever else was in that yard. But on these big tanks, they have, I, I call them bleed-off valves, like a, a test valve, you know. And people, we were getting complaints of people breaking into that yard and, and taking anhydrous ammonia from the bleed-off valves. So at that time in Livingston Parish, the cops had no extra duty details except for CEI or waste management where they would sit out there all night long on their night off and get paid, you know, time and a half or whatever it was. Uh, but to get that detail, you had to be there forever and you had to book it months and months in advance. I mean, everybody wanted to make extra money, right? I, mean, I made mine off my subpoenas going to court, $25 a subpoena up to three a day. So I made $75 a day, which back then was a lot of money. But we had no other detail until somebody started or all these people started robbing this anhydrous ammonia tank inside this train yard. And I got to work at one night and they had one little, I guess you would call it like a personnel shed slash storage shed on the place. And I had somebody drop me off, 
and I went and hid inside the shed, and I waited. And sure enough, about 1 o'clock in the morning, I heard the, the fence, the chain link fence rattling, and here come two yahoos over the fence, and they jump in, and they run straight to the tank, and I had the door cracked open, and I threw the door open. I ran up, pistol drawn, like, get on the ground, get on the ground. And I was real close. One of them, both of them actually started to run, and I grabbed the one by the back of the shirt and, and took him to the ground. The other one got away, but I took this guy to jail, obviously for trespassing and attempted theft of anhydrous ammonia, which at the time had become so prevalent that they, I think they made it like a five-year charge but that's how bad it was. I mean, they were guaranteed they were coming to it. So back to it. I go to North Oaks Hospital. I go to the emergency room. I tell them who I am, badge my way in. I said, look, you had a guy come in with some bad ammonia burns. I said, yeah, they're back there treating him now. Now, look, the only thing they can do to, is try to flush the body parts that are exposed with tons of water and to to counteract the, the ammonia drawing out the five times of water that was in the body. And so I get in the room and I go in and he's like, they, they had been working on him for a while now and uh, flushing him out and all that. But I mean, his junk still exposed and look, his, I mean, I can't think of a much worse thing than having anhydrous ammonia spilt on, on your balls and your penis. Okay. The, I mean, the face was bad enough. His face wasn't that bad. But uh, it definitely was reddened on that side. But his junk was burnt. And he's there crying. And I told him, I said, hey, Jace, listen, we got an issue. I said, I recovered your canister, which I didn't, y'all. I didn't pick that shit up. But I was bullshitting. I wanted to get some juice out of him, some information. Because they used to call and hide some money juice back in the day, I'll say. But I said, Jace, I said, I'm going to advise you your rights. You're not under arrest. And I advise him his rights. And he's crying. He's like, what, man, what? And I said, look, I got your container of ammonia. And he was like, yeah, no, you didn't get the container. There was no container in that car. I said, well, it was on the ground beside the car. And there was still some ammonia left in it. And I said, I'm going to take that container. I'm going to get it fingerprinted in DNA. And I'm going to tie you to it. And I'm going to lock your ass in jail. And he was like, no, no, man, you know, I'm suffering enough. And I said, well, just tell me what happened. I said, you work with me, I'll work with you. I said, you're looking at like a five-year charge, I said, you know, and, and I'm going to stick it to you if you don't talk to me. He was like, what do you want to know? I said, I want to know who you were bringing the ammonia to. I said, you're not a meth cook, are you? And he said, no, no, I'm not a meth cook. I said, then I want to know who you were bringing the ammonia to. I said, first of all, who was the girl in the car with you? He said, well, that's my girlfriend. I said, okay, who are you bringing the ammonia to? And he told me the name. And y'all, this cat, we'd been after him for a while. He was very, very good, very clandestine on making meth, and fucker would run from us every time we try to get set up on him. I mean, like three or four times, he'd gotten away from us before. Left the meth lab, and but he got away on foot you know, is what it is. But he told me, so that's who I was bringing it to. It was down around Springfield, Louisiana. And I said, okay. I said, look, I said, tell me what happened tonight. He said, are you going to Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this, and you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astapro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those roads, playing my stuff. 
Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directive for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. It's springtime, boys. The grass is green, the birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation. And we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the Caribbean. You don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally. Designed for long-term retention. Speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Sayonara. That's me. I said, not if you keep working with me. I said, shit, you already gave me the name that I wanted. I said, but I need your help. I said, do you want to be in the hospital burnt the fuck up? He said, no, man, I'm sick of this shit. I said, well, then let me help you help yourself. I said, give me some information uh, and you work with me. I, I said, no, you're not going to be a rat. Nobody's going to know. We'll get you signed up as a confidential informant. And you work with me, and we won't worry about these charges. I said, but I need to know what happened tonight. How in the fuck did you get your dick burned up? And then he was crying, and he, he said that they went and stole some ammonia, not from the place I told y'all about, but another place in Tangipoa Parish, which, again, was by railroad tracks, he said. And I knew where he was talking about. It was um, just outside of Hammond by Natalbany, not Albany, Natalbany. He said, we went there and we uh, we bled some off in the container. And he said, you know, we were doing some meth. And y'all, meth is about 98% sexual, okay? Besides the speed and being up for so long, et cetera, meth, the big thing on meth is sex. That's just what they do. And, and when I did go to a DEA school on meth labs, the instructor said there's two things you'll always find on a meth cook, and that is pornography and a firearm. Well, this guy wasn't a cook, but, you know, meth is meth, right? It makes you horny. He said, we, we just smoked some meth, and we were coming down 43, Highway 43, headed to so-and-so's house, and I'll talk about him in another episode. And my girlfriend started rubbing on me, and and I told her to give me a blowjob. And he said, so she undid my pants and pulled them down, and she was, I'm going to be crude, she was giving me head. And he he said, I was driving down the road, and she was blowing me, and somehow she must have kicked the canister the Coleman canister, and the top came off. He said, and the whole car filled with the gas. Now, let me explain to you again. When you, the ammonia 
if, if like if you hold the thing straight up, you take the top off. When it hits the air, it hits turns into a gas state, like a cloud. Okay, but when it comes out, it, if you if you make it stable where it doesn't hit the air, it's a, you can get it in the liquid form. Like when you pour it out of that valve, it's gonna have some gas that comes out while it's coming in, but you're getting liquid also, and you just cap it off. He said. He said she was giving me a blowjob, and she must have kicked the damn canister, and the top came off. He said the whole car filled with gas. He said my hands started burning. He said, but the worst thing was she started burning, and she jumped up and sat up. He said, I couldn't see. It was a cloud of ammonia in the car. I couldn't breathe. And he said, but my face, my hands, and my balls, and my dick were on fire. He said, I just let go of the wheel. He said, I don't even know what happened, Woody. He said, evidently, I crashed. He said, but all I could think of was getting the hell out of the car. And I'm just thinking, um, <laughs> I could see why, right? I mean, this cat was burnt the fuck up. So long story short, I, he said, man, please don't get my girlfriend involved in this. He said, I'll help you out. I'll do whatever I got to do to not catch this charge. And he said, just please don't get my girlfriend involved in this. She didn't. No, I was going to steal the ammonia. She didn't know it was in the canister. Well, guess what? I'm not fucking stupid, right? Yeah, um, but I, I played along with him. I said, well, you know what? I'm not interested in her. If, if you can help me set up this guy. I said, how often do you deal with him? He said, all the time. He said, that's where I get my dope from. I said, how often are you around when he cooks? He said, every time. He said, every time I bring him the juice, meaning in ammonia, every time I bring him the juice, I stay there until he cooks the dope off. So cooking it off, y'all, the chemical reaction, and then it has to be dried, right? I said, so you will help me set him up? And he said, absolutely. And so he gave me his address and his phone number, and I gave him my phone number. Actually, I called his phone from my phone so he would have it. I said, listen, when you get out of the hospital, I need you to call me and let's meet and, and so we can talk about making these charges go away. So I guess a couple of days went by and he called me. And and so I went and met him at, at in Albany in an unmarked and he got in with me and he still had the redness on his face and, and I was he was walking a little bit gingerly <laughs> to say the least. So I, I told him, I said, Jace, I said, how are you, bruh? And he said, man, I'm, I'm so much better. He said, they, you know, washed and washed and washed. And he said, I still got burns. And I said, yeah, I can see it on your, on your hands and, your, you know, part of your face. And he said, yeah, well, he said, I got bandages around my junk. I said, well, you, I mean, it's not going to fall off or anything. He said, no, no. He said, thank you for getting me to the hospital. If you hadn't come along, it could have been much worse. It would have kept burning me. So... I told him, I said, listen, here's the deal. I want you to be a confidential informant. And he was looking at me. I said, just hear me out. And I said, you want to get off this dope? I said, I want you to get off the dope. I said, we'll get you some help. I said, we'll make these charges go away, the theft of ammonia. And But I want this motherfucking cook. All right. And, and I said, I need your help. I said, are you still willing to do it? He said, yeah, man, I'll do anything. He said, I'm tired of this shit. He said, you know, I'll just do whatever. I said, okay, well, now we have confidential informant paperwork. I said, I'm going to read it to you, and I need you to sign it. And y'all, basically what it is, saying that it had a blank spot for his name, I blank, whatever, agreed to work as a confidential informant for me, Detective Blank of Blank, and I filled in the information, but also it stipulates in there very clearly that while acting as a confidential informant, I am no way representing myself as a law enforcement agent. I have no powers of arrest. I'm not allowed to carry a firearm. I am not allowed to break the law in any way. I'm not allowed to possess drugs unless, unless it's given to me by my hand, they didn't say handler, by the officer, meaning y'all, uh, we sometimes would do like con control buys and shit where we'd send them in with money to buy the dope. Let me, let me back up for a second. A control buy, if I was going to use him to go in and buy dope, uh, I would take him, 
uh, before we did it, I would search him from head to toe, make sure he didn't have any dope on him, right? I would take him to the suspected dope dealer's location, and then while he's still in my line of sight, I would let him go inside. We didn't use body mics and stuff like that, but I would let him go to the door or go inside. I'd give him the money. I'd photograph the bills, the serial numbers on the bills, and I would let him go in and give the money, uh, get the narcotics, and he would come back out, and I would document it. I would search him again, make sure he didn't have any more dope on him other than what he had purchased, right? And so then I would take that, and once he's established as a confidential informant, a reliable confidential informant, and could do it again. And when you know, we might use him five or six times and make him write out a statement on such and such date. Detective Overton gave me money. I went to, we went to such and such location. I purchased X amount of methamphetamine or whatever crack. And I handed it back to Detective Overton. The bills were given to the dope deal, blah, blah, blah. So at the end of that, I would take that and I would go to a judge and I'd say, Your Honor, I have a reliable confidential informant. The warrant would actually say this is a search warrant and arrest warrants. I have a reliable, established confidential informant who, on such and such date, went in this location, purchased narcotics from such and such, need a warrant for him, need a search warrant to hit the house. And we'd use it, right? Made many, many great arrests off of that. So back to the story. I had him fill it out, and I said, this is what I want. I said, I want to know the next time they're cooking, meaning making meth, y'all. I said, I want to know the next time he's cooking. I need to know, uh, like, you know, hours and hours, as much advance notice as I can ahead of time because I need to get, I didn't tell him, but I needed to get other people involved. I needed to get the SRT team or the men in black involved and set up on the location uh, in the woods where he, wherever he tells me it's going to be. And when they would come in later on that night, we would move in once the cook is going on and bust them. Now, the confidential informant, we would arrest him too, right? Although we'd let him go on no bond or whatever. It was all for show, so you didn't burn him. Should he agree to it? And he was a pretty cool guy. And, but he signed everything that he understood. I said, how long do you think it's going to be before the next cook? And he was like, man, the, um, if I'm going to go to cook, the, then I got to have some juice, some hydrosomonia. I said, well, fuck, I'm not giving you any. That's a total different ball game than me giving you money to go in. I said, I can give you money, cash money, and you go in and say, hey, I couldn't get any juice, but I'm putting up my share of money for the ephedrin or the other components to make the meth, or you're just there to buy some meth. I don't give a fuck, but I want to catch them while they're cooking. Him selling is, you know, just a couple-year charge. Him selling to you, I said, me catching him cook? I said, we're looking at 20-plus years. So he was like, okay, okay, I'll do it. Uh, I'll do it. And uh, so... I said, how long? He said, just give me a day or two, and, and I'm going to call you. Well, two days goes by, and he calls me and that morning. He said, okay, they're cooking tonight. I said, where? And he told me the location by this pond, a location in Holden, Louisiana. He said, it's gonna be in the woods, one road in, one road out, a logging road. And so I get everybody together. I get the the warrant, search warrant, you know, to hit the area, the whole nine yards. So they're going to be cooking at like 11 o'clock at night, right? That's what he told me. And so we we put people in the woods and surrounded that motherfucker, all camoed out and waiting and everything, like before it even got dark. So you're sitting in there for hours. And, of course, it was still cold, thank God, because mosquitoes weren't bad. But we're sitting in the woods for hours and hours and hours. And the fuck I call him, and I keep getting voicemail, keep getting voicemail. And then finally 11 o'clock came and went, 1 o'clock came and went, and I had to call it, right? So I had all these cops out there for all this time. I had these warrants and everything else. Now I don't have a dick, except I got a case of the red ass. I'm mad as fuck, and he won't answer the phone. So I went to his house. He wasn't there. Same night, went to his house. He wasn't there, banging on the door. 
it kept calling him, and I, and I pretty much called him everything but a child of God. I went on his voicemail. I said, motherfucker, you better call me now. And, and the next morning, he calls me, and it sounded like he was tweaking a little bit. I said, bitch, what happened? And he said, oh, well, man, and the last moment he, he moved locations, and he took my phone. And he said, but I'm gonna get I'm gonna get it. We're doing it again in two more days. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna hook you up, I promise. And he said, There's nothing I can do about it. He took my phone, blah, blah, blah. And I said, Well, you know, I wanted this cat, right? The cook. And and he said, and he said, two more days, I promise you we're gonna cook it again. I said, Well, what's what's gonna stop you from taking the phone next time? And he and he said, I'll, I'll bring a burner phone. I said, Well, call me from the burner phone so I have the number. And he calls two days later, and we set it up again. I know the location. He's got a burner phone number now, and which he was going to hide in his vehicle. And so he called me for sure and let me know that where it was going to be at. Yeah, And, y'all, I did the whole song and dance again. And get everybody ready. Get the warrant signed by the judge. Get the team set in the woods. And this time I stayed out of the woods. I stayed in the vehicle way down the road, a couple miles down the road. And I called him. But it was supposed to be an earlier cook, like 9 o'clock at night. I called him. Nothing. Well, I didn't really expect to have anything, but I wanted him to call me from his burner phone. He was supposed to call me when he could get to the burner phone. Guess what? 9 o'clock comes. We got dick. 10, 11, 12, and I'm calling. Finally, I had to call it off. Now, I really am pissed off, and I'm fucking livid, right? I mean, it makes me look bad, but it's part of the game, okay? Did he play me? Sure he did, absolutely. And But the chance of getting this asshole that I wanted really, really bad, is, I mean, it was worth it to me. But again, it was a waste of man hours, a waste of paperwork, a waste of everything. But now I got a hard on for this cat. I'm gonna fuck him, right? So one of the guys that was working with me back in, back then was uh, Reese Holden and on Criminal Patrol. And I told Reese we were working out before we went on duty, and I, t I told him I said this motherfucker has burned me twice. I said I want his fucking ass. He's going to jail. Is if you see him, fucking get him. He's going to jail. His ass is done, right? I'm not fucking. I said don't tell him that I'm not fucking with him. I want to see, you know, what his excuse is this time. Dude hadn't even called me. It's been like two days later, it, and he never called me from the burner phone, never called me from his phone. I've been driving by his house, having people go by his house. He's hiding out, right? So it was that same day that we went on duty, criminal patrol, and Reese was driving down George White Road. And George White road is the road that I told y'all runs between basically Holden and Albany between what is it highway 442 or 42 whatever the one is in Holden and it runs on the same road that Nanny Knot was on the series Nanny Knot real rural real country road Reese was driving down George White Road and he sees my boy's vehicle his truck and he's like, what the fuck? And, and he said he pulled over and didn't see anybody in the truck. And he gets out. And, and when he got out of his vehicle, out of his unit, he could hear someone walking in the woods. And he said, he said man, I was looking through the bushes and I see a guy. And the guy sees me. And the guy starts whistling. <whistles> and going, here, Fido, here, Fido, or whatever the fuck his fake name of his dog was. I forget what it was. But he acts like he's calling for his dog, right? Reese doesn't know him. He's never met him in person, uh, uh, but he knew what his name was. They, not yet. He knew what the name was of the guy that I was looking for. He had run the plate on the vehicle. And I'm, I'm listening to the radio, y'all. He said, I'm out, George White Road. Uh, he, he called in the 28 or the plate with the vehicle, called in the 28 one, 259 or dispatch came back and said, whatever Reese's number were, and I said, hey, that vehicle comes back to a J such and such. I was like, oh, bitch, it's on. So I'm hauling ass to get to George White Road. I'm probably 15 minutes away. When I get there, Reese has got him standing by the truck, and when he sees me, he starts waving at me, smiling, not Reese, the, the Jace did. 
he's waving at me, smiling, and I get out, and, Re and Reese told him to stay there, and he came up to me, and he said, he said, bro, I pulled up. Nobody was around the vehicle. I get out. I hear him in the woods. He sees me. He starts acting like he's calling for his dog. And, I said, and uh, he came out, and, and you know, I got his ID, and he said, Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seen more health issues with the dog's joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step -step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash RLRC and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash R-L-R-C. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I'm just sitting here looking for my dog, and he said, Man, you're full of fucking shit. I know you're working with Woody. And, and he said, Yeah, 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 I'm working with Woody. I need to talk to him real bad. Can you get him over here? Well, fuck it, I was coming anyway, right? And he said, That's where we're at. I said, All right, watch this shit. So I go up to him, and I say, Jace, I said, what's up, bro? I said, why in the fuck are you dodging me, man? And he's like, man, that dude, he was on to me, and he made me leave the vehicle, and I've been with him um, for a couple days, and I just couldn't call you. I'm thinking, mm-hmm, you mind fucking me, right? And But I didn't say anything. I played him real nice, and I was like, oh, okay. I said, so what are you doing here? He said, well, actually, I'm coming to get some juice that he said was hidden in the woods here. And um, I'm taking it to do a cook in, in a couple hours. And, and he said, can you, can you do it? You know, can you bust him then? I said, oh, fuck yeah. Like, fuck yeah, I can bust him. And I said, uh, let me go help you get this juice out. He said, it's going to be in a propane tank. I said, great. Let's go, let's go get it. My mind, I'm thinking, I'm fucking about to arrest your fucking ass possession of ammonia. He was, you know, remember his paperwork, he's not supposed to do anything illegal without or possessing any of that shit without me, you know, giving it to him. I damn sure wouldn't have gave him something as volatile as anhydrous ammonia. So we go in the woods, and fuck, can't find the tank. Or I think he was leading me in circles. He was pulling my dick again, right? And and he's like, oh, I can't find it. I can't find it. We walked around for about 20 minutes, and now I really got the red ass. And I'm thinking, mm, I, he's leading me around. He doesn't want me to find this juice. He's been playing me the whole time. So basically what he had been doing, y'all, is acting as a double agent. And and was what I found out later on after we get this other guy. He was acting as a double agent. He was actually getting paid meth to send me and all the powers that be and get the search warrants. And everybody. He was giving me the false locations. And dodging me and going telling them, look, bro, you're you're safe to go cook wherever else tonight. Yeah, I got Woody in my pocket, blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, guess what? I don't like fucking criminals sitting around laughing at me. All right. So I'm gonna get the last fucking laugh one way or another. So 
I was like, come on, bro, let's get out of here. And if you can't find it, you can't find it. I said, but I still need you to set up the cook. I'm, I'm acting like we're real cool, right? And and I said, I really appreciate all your hard work and everything. And I'm acting like I'm about to let him go. But right before he we went to get in his truck, I said, hey, hey, I said, you know what? I said, Jace. I said, Reese, come here. And Reese came up. I said, Jace, listen to me. I said, I've been training Reese for a while now. And he's never seen meth before. I said, Where, where's your meth at? And he looked at me. I said, just show it to me, man. Uh, they, I said, you know, where's where's it at? I know you got it on you. I said, I just want to show it to him so he can see what it looks like. And, and he was like, all right, fuck. He reaches down, had him blue jeans. And you know that little pocket that's at the top of, of your Pants pocket, I call it a watch pocket or whatever. Now, actually, I call it a dope pocket, but some people call it a watch pocket. It's that little slit. That stupid motherfucker reaches in and pulls out a baggie and goes, here it is, right here, right here. And he's shaking, and I grabbed that shit, took around, well, say I gently grabbed the stuff and gently grabbed him and escorted his head into the side of his truck. Then I escorted him gently to get some real estate on George White Road and he's screaming and put him down. I handcuffed him up. I said, now you're under arrest, bitch, and advised him of his rights again. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, I'm, I'm your informant. I said, no, you fucking played me is what you did. You know, I said, I'm not fucking stupid. No, oh, no, I wouldn't do that to you, man. I wouldn't do it to you. I said, bruh, do I have dick wide, dumb as fuck, written across my forehead? And he kind of looked at me and now, He's a little scuffed up. I have him standing up at this time. I said, I had, do I have dick wide, dumbass, dumb fuck written across my forehead? And he was looking. I said, do I? He said, no. I said, but then I'm not that guy. I said, you got me once. Shame on you. You got me the second time. Shame on me. Fuck you. There won't be a third time. I said, now you are under arrest for possession of methamphetamine he's like you can't do that you can't do that i said bitch i just did and i told reese i said fucking put him in your car take him to jail i'll be out there to book him in a, in a little bit i had to deal with the vehicle so i searched the vehicle i found uh coffee filters i found lithium batteries I found ephedrine pills still in the in the case. I mean, this motherfucker was on his way to cook. He had every oh camp fuel. He had everything in the vehicle covered with a blue tarp to make meth, except for the hydrous ammonia. I absolutely believe he knew where that tank was in the woods. And I went back in the woods and looked for like an hour till till it got dark. I knew that he was on his way to cook. I knew he was fucking me over again, so fuck him. And I charged him. I took all of his items and the evidence, towed his shit, and I went to the jail, and I told him, I said, guess what, fuckstick? You're now under arrest for attempted manufacturing of methamphetamine plus possession of methamphetamine, and I'm going to charge you with the vehicle accident that night he already got a ticket for the trooper so i'm gonna charge you with the the theft of anhydrous now y'all i knew that shit wasn't gonna, that the anhydrous charge wasn't gonna stick but i had him dead to the rights on the on the rest of the shit right when i arrested him because he's a dumbass and he actually thought he was still playing me he took the meth out of his pocket and just waved around oh here it is here it is but that's that's a great charge period as far as searching the vehicle per Living Superior Sheriff's Office policy, I didn't need a warrant because when you arrest someone before, that's the reason I had Reese take him to the jail, before you can have the vehicle towed, you have to inventory it. Well, guess what? Inventory, during my inventory of the vehicle, I found all the precursors to make meth, amphetamine. So I charged them with attempt to manufacture. And they actually changed that, y'all. And I think I've told y'all this before. They changed that law basically because of me. It, it got challenged on, not this case, on, I, I used to use it on, all the time on pretty much any time somebody wouldn't let me search their vehicle. If I stopped you for 32304C white light required in your license plate, talking to you, I feel like you got dope. I, I would know in the first 30 seconds. I asked for permission to search, and you're like, nope, 
go fuck yourself. I'm like, well, you go fuck yourself. Now you're under arrest for the traffic violation that I stopped you for. And they're like, you can't do that. I'm like, yeah, I can. Fuck you. You're going to jail. I was, you know, a ticket, which I never wrote them anyway, but a ticket is just you're being released on your own recognizance. It's really an arrest. It's just saying that you, you've been arrested, you're going to show up in court. So I would just book them, and then I would get to search the vehicle, find what I knew was already in there. All right. So I charged him with all the shit. He's got the real red ass at me. Comes to go to court for a motion to suppress. Now he's got an attorney and the a pretty good one. God, who was it? It wasn't it wasn't Wayne Stewart. Oh, fuck it, I can't remember. Doesn't matter. It was a pretty good attorney. I've been up against many, many times. And so the we go in for the motion to suppress to have all the shit thrown out in the truck and the dope and what have you. So the I get on the stand you know, they ask me who I am, how who do I work for, how long have I been there, on such such date did you have occasion to come into contact with Jace? And I'm like, yes, can you explain that? And so I explained about the first night. The the DA had already dropped the 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 theft of anhydrous ammonia charge. Uh, when I charged him with that, y'all, it was just so I could put another twenty five thousand dollar bond on him. It was another felony. So I knew that was going to get thrown out, but I wanted his bond to be as high as it could. So, and the DA asked me the questions about the CI, and he showed me the CI paperwork. He said, were you there? And it was, this was witnessed by such and such. And I, I, I did have a witness with me. I don't remember who it was. But anyway, he said he filled it this out. I said, yes. And he said he agreed not to have narcotics or anything illegal, you know, without your knowledge, blah, blah, blah. I said, yes. And... That's it, right? And 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 I told what happened that day about him acting like he was looking for his dog. I told how he stood me up twice on on uh, search warrants and what have you. And and I told him how dumbass. And I asked him where his meth was, and, and I said Reese had never seen it, which he had. But I said Reese had never seen it, and you know, for his professional development, can can you show it to me? And this dumbass took out his pocket. Period. And and so then the defense gets up and shit, it might have been it might have been Glenn Westmore. I can't remember who it was. But the they were they were good and they knew me and then they started hammering right away. And oh you said he was working for you. I said he was supposed to be working for me. You know, explain that to me. And I did. I explained it again, like the judge didn't know, right? And it said, but he never did anything for you. I said, What do you mean? He said, Well, he never he never got anybody busted for you. I said, No, because he he, you know, played me. Uh, he he had me have everybody in one location waiting to bust a cook, waiting to bust a meth lab when these assholes were I didn't say assholes in court. I said when they were probably on the other side of the parish knowing they were safe cooking and and I had found out since then, y'all, from another CI that he was getting money for that. And I said that in court, open court. And he was like, oh, he was shaking his head, not the attorney that Jace was. And he said, well, don't you think you tricked him into taking the meth out of his, out of the supposed meth out of his pocket? Don't, don't you think that was unfair? I said, uh, I definitely tricked him. And if your client's stupid enough to believe that this other deputy had never seen methamphetamine and I just wanted to show it to him for his professional development. I said, that just goes to show how stupid he is. I said, as far as him screwing me over on the other search warrants, that's on me. I said, but I'm the one that's walking free today and your client's sitting there in handcuffs. And he got red in the face, the attorney did. And he was like, well, your honor, we submit that uh, he tricked him into it and, and, he he thought that he was safe because he was a confidential informant. He sits down. The DA gets back up and says, Woody, pulls up the sheet again. What does it say right here? I said, he's not supposed to have any contraband, illegal narcotics, et cetera, et cetera. And prosecution rush, Your Honor, right? And, and so judge comes back, finds the probable cause, and – on all of it, on, on, on the, that where the swerve is really fucked was on the, the precursors to making the meth. I mean, he's looking at some serious time. And then he was looking at a couple of years, up to five years on the dope charge. And he took, I, was, I happened to be back in court another day 
on another motion to suppress or whatever when they brought the inmates in on trial week, and he ended up taking a plea for two years. They pled him down to two years, and uh, but DOC, Department of Correction Times, I mean, you know, you're not sitting in the parish jail being an inmate. Your fucking ass is going to DCI or wherever all the – it wasn't going to Angola for it, obviously, but he had to go – be processed into the Department of Corrections and live his ass in one of our fine state prisons for two years because he wanted to dumb dick me, right? And, and But I dumb dicked him and getting him to pull the meth out of his pocket. So anyway, that's that's it for today, y'all. I ran a, bit, a little bit long. I have a bunch more and hide the stories. I'll tell you what we're on. I don't have enough time. I'll tell you another one another day. I hope you enjoyed it. It's a little bit something different. It's real life, real crime, and that's it. Next week, we'll be kicking back off with some more murders, or I'll be kicking it back off with some more murders. So hang in there. I love and appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for listening. Wherever you listen to your podcast, please hit subscribe. There's a button. If it, On every platform there is, from iHeartRadio to Spotify, podcast, whatever. If you can download a podcast from a location, Real Life, Real Crime is there. Please take a moment and hit subscribe. Evidently, that's something I was supposed to be asking y'all to do all these years, and I, I never picked up on it. Other than that, the Real Life, Real Crime community app is rocking, y'all. It's growing every day. I go there first thing in the morning when I wake up, before I go to the crew page, before I do any other social media. I go in there, and I make comments, and I talk to people, and I answer people's questions and what have you. So y'all go check it out. It's free. Download the Real Life, Real Crime community app from the App Store. And the reason we call it a community is because it has all of the different forums in it, all the different pages, it has daily true crime facts, it has the latest news, it has videos of me, it has everything real life, real crime in one place, and it's not censored by anybody but me. I'm trying to get away from Facebook. But love and appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much. Patron members, convicts, love you. You just got a new episode dropped today called Street Fight. And so I think, y'all, we have like 13 or 14 extra episodes locked up in the patron vault that I get comments from people all the time. Oh, I've been listening to all your episodes. What do I do now? Well, for a small monthly fee as low as 10 bucks, then you can go in and have access to all these bonus episodes nobody else has ever heard. And I think it's 13 or 14 now. Plus, I put up. I'm putting up all these case file materials and, and locked up also. So you can go read these cases, the mug shots, the court charges, the six packs, the photo lineups, my actual reports, all the shit, autopsies, everything from these cases is, is locked up now for patron members and convicts. Plus you get early release and commercial free and, and all that great stuff. Right. So, but I love y'all patron members, convicts couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much. Appreciate your support. And if you are a lifer from Saskatchewan and you want to be an organ donor, go to lopa.org. That's L-O-P-A dot org. Hit the sign-up button. You don't have to be from the state of Louisiana to sign up to be an organ donor. And y'all, takes about a minute or two and if you're lucky enough to be selected after your passing and they use your organs, guess what? You're a hero. You get to live on and you get to give somebody else the gift of life or sight or whatever, all, all the wonderful things they do. So lopa.org, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. That's my jam. Help them out. Be a hero. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on murder by you. Peace. Get ready, you're gonna do time. Real life, real crime.
Real Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay in conjunction with iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Media. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.